On this week's edition of Magic Memories, two Magic legends, Dennis Scott and Penny Hardaway, chat about those magical 90s teams, playing with a young Shaq, the draft day trade that landed Penny in Orlando, and a whole bunch more. So sit back and enjoy. Magic Memories begins right now. Here with the man himself, Penny, one cent, one of my guys at the University of Memphis, a place you pretty much built. Help was a small part of helping the build. <laughs> Let's go back to when you played here. You made your name. Everyone was freaking out about how you played the game. Yeah. Take me back to your two years here at Memphis. Well, you know, coming out of high school, uh, it was a lot of noise. You know how it is. You know, mm-hmm. coming out, I was ranked the number one player in high school. And to be able to get here um, and actually get out on the court. You know, I didn't play my freshman year because I was a Prop 48. So I had to sit the entire freshman year. So everybody was anticipating me coming out sophomore year and came out with a bang. Um, played with energy, athleticism, was a tall point guard. Mm-hmm. Uh, at 6'7", I was playing the one and the two, so a lot of people had, didn't know my game. Started to notice that, hey, this kid can handle the ball, he could shoot, he had athleticism. So it just, you know, the rest is history. You made the decision to leave school. Take me through that night, you're sitting down with your family, you said, I'm ready to go to the NBA. Yeah, well, I started hearing rumors that, you know, after my season was over that, well, right before season was over, that I was gonna have an opportunity to be in the lottery. Mm. I was like, wow, that's the first time I'm hearing this. So I was like, well, what sense does it make for me to come back? Because I have nothing else to prove in college. I've done everything that I need to do. I was conference player of the year, both years. And uh, first team all NCAA, I was like, I don't wanna ruin this. And then of course, coming from a humble background, it's like, it's time to go and try to help the family. So that night we decided that it was, it was okay for for me to just decide to, to move forward. But when I called my coach the next morning, he was like, what do you mean? He was like, no, who told you you need to go? And I was like, coach, I think it's time. So he called me to his office and finally just gave in and was like, okay, well, let's do a press conference and, uh, and move on. You put your name in the hat. Now you're starting to work out for ball clubs. What made Orlando special to you? Well, what made Orlando special was they had the number one pick, first of all. And then secondly, I knew the cast, the crew that they had. You, Shaq, Dennis, I mean, Nick, I'm talking Dennis. Uh, You, Shaq, and Nick. And I was looking at like, man, if I could get there, that lineup would be unreal because Mm -hmm. nobody would be below 6'6". Nick was the shortest guy, then me, then you, then Shaq. I was like, man, this would be phenomenal to, to be able to play with you guys. So when I was doing the movie Blue Chips with Shaq, I was always auditioning for him. Because I was like, I want he to go no to Orlando. Idea, did he, he didn't. He had no idea what you were doing. He didn't, but I had my plan put in order. I was like, man, I'm going to take advantage of Shaq being here and, uh, and uh, have an opportunity to, um, to work out with the Orlando Magic. I knew I was going to come in for a visit, right. the initial visit. Right. But the second time around when we worked out at the church was all on Shaq saying, hey, let's get him back down there. I remember when John Gabriel called me. I was about to leave town to go back to D.C. And he said, no, nah, I want you to leave to the next day. I said, why? He said, we're bringing back Penny. I said, you sure? He said, yeah, but this time y'all going to hoop. I said, okay, let's rock and roll. <laughs> but one thing John told me recently, he didn't tell me before, he said, you were calling him saying, bring me back, give me another opportunity, yeah. I'm the guy. Yep. And the way you hooped that day, I was like, I went back door one time, you hit me in the back of the head with the ball, I said, whoa, he's like, I see you, I see you. And after that workout, I said, I know Chris Weber may be the guy, but I think he may be the guy. Yeah, I think I was actually a better fit for the team. Mm-hmm. Chris and Shaq would have been phenomenal. I yeah. mean, Chris Webber was so talented, uh, guard skills, mm-hmm. um, and Shaq being so dominant with you guys, I think that would have been great as well. But my flow and my style, uh, I think it fit the team, and I knew that. That's why I was kind of calling and telling Shaq, hey man, I gotta get back down there. And uh, I knew when I got there that that was gonna be my final chance to show right. that I, I deserved to be in a Magic uniform, so I went all out. 
So when you left home on that plane, how'd you think you did? I felt like I did great. I felt like I got the blessings from you and Jeff Turner and Anthony Bowie, yeah, yeah, you know, uh, AB and the guys from just going out there and competing. And I, what I wanted to make sure that day was that they were going to see my athleticism. They were mm -hmm. going to see my passing skills. They were going to see my defense. They were going to, I wasn't going to leave any stone unturned, you know, because the number one pick was at stake. Right. So draft night, you know, there was some speculation and we already been through the workout and you really wanted to be in Orlando. What went through your mind when you heard that you were getting traded for Chris Webber? You know, before that, uh, it was one of the, um, I can't remember the guy's name right now. He was uh, one of the uh, sports anchors for the local news station in Orlando. Mm -hmm. He walked up to me at the draft and said, if Chris Webber goes one, don't get nervous because Golden State's going to pick you and then there's going to be a trade. Mm. I was like, okay. You know, I, I kind of believe like, it. You're like, who are you? You're like, who are you? I've been with Shaq out in L.A. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, doing blue chips. I'm okay. thinking that this can happen. And when it finally happened, I was like, thank God. Not that I didn't want to play in Golden State, right. but I wanted to be with you guys. And it was just unreal feeling, man, that I was going to Orlando. Um, when the trade happened, I knew if it would, it would have been more shocking if he hadn't said that to me, but right. unbelievable feeling. Like, Lil Birdie told me something and the Birdie was true. Yep, <laughs> crazy. When you got to training camp, how did it make you feel that all of us like, yes, Come on, man, come in, be you. How'd that make you feel? It made me feel great because I wanted to be there. You know, there's nothing like being wanted by your peers and, mm -hmm. and, your, and your teammates. And, you know, a lot of guys come in, the, uh, the teammates are kind of skeptical. Oh, this kid, who is he? He has to prove it to us. But I felt like I was coming in humble and understanding what I needed to do to help us win and to be a part of something, not, think, not thinking that I was the guy, right. but wanting to fit in and uh, to get that, um, that welcome from you guys was, uh, was big for me and my confidence. Speaking of fitting in, 93-94 season, you're rolling. We're 32-9 and nine at home. Take us through what's going through your mind being our leader. Well, you know, early on, I was just really trying to learn from Scott. Mm. You know what I mean? Skiles was just a, he was a true professional, you know, as well as I did. Yeah. Uh, he was definitely a coach on the floor. He was tough. He was gritty. Um, and he was, a, he was a student of the game. So I was trying to get under his wing right. and try to learn as much as I could with my athleticism. I knew I could kind of beat some plays, but to have the mindset and the thought process behind it was going to help me even more. And I tried to, I tried to listen and, and watch and ask as many questions as I could from Scott. And the next year, we're rolling again. We're getting ready to make this playoff push. But no one really said this team would go all the way to the finals. Let's talk about with Boston. Boston kind of kicks our butt that first game. What's going through your mind at home? Like, wait a minute, how are we going to let a team come into our building and beat us? But you know what? So <laughs> weird, 3D, the first game, we beat them by like, I think, 60. 42, I think. Well, it was, it was a lot. Like, yeah, it was a lot. I yes. 60, but we yeah, blew yes, them out. The yes. next game, they beat us. <laughs> right. It was like, how did we go from beating them by 40 or whatever it was? Yeah, it was some, right. some crazy it was number. A crazy number. And then they came back the second game and beat us. But we locked in. Mm -hmm. I can tell that's when we came together as a group, like, okay. We're not about to let this opportunity go. And then we shut the Boston Garden down. Shut Two down. games in a row. Didn't that feel good? <laughs> that felt great. Because they were talking trash. Oh, yeah. All the leprechauns yeah, running Dominique around. Dominique. Dominique. Sherman Fox Douglas. those guys. Yeah, Sherman Douglas. Then we go to the next round. Playing against your idol. What's going through your mind? Because you're becoming good friends with Mike, mm -hmm. with Nike, with the family. Mm -hmm. What's going through your mind that we got to beat this guy? You know, it was really, I felt like, you know, the Bulls are in trouble. It's our time. You know, we're not going to allow them to beat us. We're, we're going we're gonna to take it to them. And then there's the other side that, you know, these guys are champions. They've won before. And it's Michael Jordan, right. who's taken down everybody, right. who hasn't lost a playoff uh, in a while. <laughs> in a while you know what I mean? Right. So a series. And, you know, going into that battle, it was like, you know, we got to get one in Chicago. Mm -hmm. 
And uh, we did. They got one at our place. We got it back in Chicago. Uh, I just remember Horace playing out of his mind. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's like a dream come true. You yeah. leave a team, mm-hmm. and then you play them in the playoffs, and you, you're dominant. He was dominant that series, and, you know, it was great uh, for us to win that, that series. Does it ever get old when people say Nick Anderson stole the ball from Michael Jordan? No. A kid from Chicago, Steelers from Chicago, boy, and it's happening Michael Jordan. How Crazy, because, you know, it was, it was happening right in front of me because I was on the sideline when mm-hmm. Mike was bringing the ball up. Right. Nick pressured him, and he beat Nick. He dribbled up the floor and looked over one side, and when he looked over the other side to see where Nick was, that's when Nick poked the ball, and I stole it, and then went down and gave it to, to Horace for the dunk, but it, that never gets old. Never gets old, right? No. What about Horace on our shoulders carrying the ball to the floor Oh, my God. You know, I didn't think about it at the time, <laughs> but that was, that was amazing for Horace because uh, to be able to finish that in Chicago, mm-hmm. in front of all the Bulls fans, mm-hmm. I'm sure he was a wanted guy. He couldn't go back to Chicago right. for a while. <laughs> then we get to the Eastern Conference Finals. We have been fighting with those guys, the Davis boys, chasing Reggie and all that. Take us through the whole series, the game winner, Rick Smith's game winner. It was like, it was a nip and tuck series. It was crazy because I felt like we should have ended that, mm-hmm. you know, earlier. But, you know, unfortunately. Tree went for that pump fake. Tree went for that pump I, fake. I just remember <laughs> us being in the huddle telling Tree, Don't Rick Smith is going yep. to pump fake. Don't always go for fake. it. And he went for it anyway. And when he made that shot, but the B-Shaw hit a shot. Yep. Reggie hit a shot. Yep. I hit a shot. Yep. I think Reggie came back and hit another shot. Well, no, that's when Rick Smith hits a shot, but right. we were in the huddle saying, Tree, please do not go for any pump fakes, and he did. That, that was crushing, but we knew we were going to finish the deal, and we finished it off in style at home. Game seven, I remember you coming in the locker room saying, 3D, ready? I said, I'm ready. And you were getting double teamed, and you are backing the guy down. And, I, and I, to this day, until I saw the film, I don't know how you saw me. Cause there's two guys on you. Rick Smith's yep. in the middle. And I'm in uh-huh. a deep corner. You just throw the thing right oh, over. Yeah. Bang, hit a big three. We go up and we go on the run and win the game. How did you know we were ready to play that night? Man, you know, just understanding our team and our mindset. We had some ballers, dog. Yeah. I knew you, Nick, Shaq, Horace. Mm-hmm. We were dominant. And I knew that going into that game, the, the energy that I felt, even though we had lost game six the way mm-hmm. we lost it, right. it was this common spirit over me like, hey, the gang is going to be ready to roll at home. And we were dominant at home as yes. well. Yes. So that all, with all of that uh, coming into play, I knew that we were going to be ready. Emotional game seven. We're celebrating. I look back on I'm like, man, we shouldn't have celebrated. So maybe we should just celebrate a little bit to get ready for the final. Well, we were yeah. young. We were young. We were exuberant. We celebrated, right? Yep. Now we're getting ready for the finals. My personal opinion, I wish the series would have been 2-2-1-1-1. Two, two, one, one, one. Right. The 2-3-2, the two, two, I think, really messed up our heads because we lost those couple games. You know what? It was uh, the celebration in game seven, I think was deserving because we were a young team. Mm-hmm. We celebrated the way that we should have. We just didn't take care of business in the finals like we, like we could have. Mm-hmm. We owned Houston that year, won both games. Both. Uh, we got up as much as I think 17 or 18 in the first half, mm-hmm. in the first quarter of that yep. game. Yep. We were doing what we did. We were still feeding off that high from the, the Indiana series. And then just like a veteran team, they caught fire. And when it became nip and tuck, it just little plays here, little plays there. And they ended up winning game one, and that was just devastating because we don't lose at home. We oh. didn't lose at home. Mm. And we never really recovered. And it seemed like from that point on, every blow that they hit us with was devastating. And they made a bunch of shots. You got to mm. give them credit yes. and tip your hat. Yes. Mario Ellie, Vernon Maxwell, Sam Cassell, Robert Ory, Kenny Smith, they made timely shots. And Dream was just being Dream. Dream was just being Dream. You know, and everybody else, like Otis Thorpe and those guys, they just did the, the dirty work. They did all the things that they had to do. And, it was just their time, man. We were, to me, at the time, primed and ready for it. Mm-hmm. 
But once we got that first blow in game one, we never recovered from it. So I looked back at the numbers, and I've already told Shaq, and I said, I felt like I didn't bring everything because you and Shaq were averaging 53 points combined. So mm -hmm. I was like, come on, Nick Hall, we got to make some shots because yeah. Nick and Penny are carrying us. How did it make you feel that you two guys are really carrying us throughout the whole finals? Well, I mean, it's just, you know, we've all, we had always been a family, and we had always showed up in every game, you mm -hmm. know, as far as, like, the series to move forward. And at some parts of every series, everybody did their part. And then the finals, it just seemed like they're an entire team just kicked in the override, you know, like, you know, they just went into another gear and our team kind of didn't, it wasn't going well. Right. Um, Shaq and I was trying to show up, but it takes a, you know, it takes a team, man. And, it, and when everybody wasn't hitting on all cylinders, it just kind of, mm -hmm. they got us at the right time. I'll right. tell you that. I agree with that one. Do you remember where you were when you got the phone call that Shaq was leaving? Um, you know what? Actually, it's weird because we were at the Olympics mm. and I didn't know that Shaq was leaving until we got into a press conference with wow. the Olympic team, and a guy asked me a question. He said, how do you feel now that Shaq is gone? So that's the first time you was hearing about that's it? That's the first time I had ever heard about it in wow. that press conference in, in Atlanta. Wow. And I, so I actually answered the question like, well, if he leaves, then I'll be happy for him. They were like, no, like Shaq is a Laker now. And I'm like, well, you know, I wish him well. And Shaq is in this press conference with me. <laughs> so Shaq said it right there. Yeah, and it's like, <laughs> he didn't tell me. No mm -hmm. one told me. No one told you to that reporter. You know, I just remember that article in the paper, man, when we, were, we did our, our training camp at Disney, mm -hmm. and there was an article in the paper saying that Shaq didn't deserve the money because of his free throw shooting or something. It was 100 million. And that, Shaq I got like a million. weird feeling all over me reading that article. I was like, this is not going to, this is the time for somebody to come in, infiltrate the squad, start kind of divide Dividing the squad. Us. And I remember Charles Barkley saying, you guys are dumb to be talking about his free throw shooting when he's still the most dominant player in the game, and I'll never forget that, man. But the first time I heard about him leaving was at that conference. We get ready the next year for training camp. Did you have the weight of the world on your shoulders that Shaq's gone, I know 3D's still here, Nick's still here, but this is my team now. It, it wasn't like I wasn't ready for it. It was mm -hmm. like, why did, I have, why did it have to go down like this? Mm -hmm. I knew what we had lost. I knew the magnitude of Shaq leaving was gonna be devastating, and I was all about winning. Right. And I knew we weren't, we, our chances to go back to the finals were going to be slim to none without mm -hmm. him. Right. Even though we still had the core. Yep. But he was the, he was the guy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he was the man. So, you don't know, never lose sight of that. And right. it was, I never got to the point like, man, I'm glad he's gone. I'm ready to be the man ever. Yeah. Yeah. Because I understood that our team was going to be, we were on our way mm -hmm. to greatness. And I knew that we were going to lose out on that when he left. Shaq leaves. He's coming back to Orlando the first time. Take me through that night, Shaq coming through the arena. Man, it was, it was almost, you could feel the energy from, the, from the, the entire city that we wanted to beat the Lakers really badly because he left. You want to show mm -hmm. a teammate that left, hey, you left us to go somewhere else, and this is why you should have stayed. So the energy in the arena that night, every shot, every dribble, every pass, you can just tell every waking play, right. every play, the, the, the fans were like, energy was from everywhere. But uh, I'll never forget that game. Um, it was crazy, but it was just trying to show Shaq, man, you should have stayed, should've man. You shouldn't have left. <laughs> <laughs> he leaves. We had a pretty good season. We make the playoffs. Playing against the Miami Heat. My knees, for whatever reason, weren't, I wasn't the 3D I normally am, but you just, you went from penny to shiny penny. <laughs> <laughs> you, take me through what you were going through your mind that you were not trying to let us go down the wrong way. You know, um, it really kicked in when, when Ronnie got hurt. 
Mm. Ronnie Cycli got hurt. Right. I was like, you know what? It's That's time right. to stop being so passive and trying to get everybody involved. Mm -hmm. It's time to just go ahead and go to another level. And I knew that I could, and it happened. Oh, my goodness. And uh, it's just from that point when he got injured, it's like, if you notice the, oh. the, like the film, yes. I just went like ultra you, aggressive. You turn into a video game. Yeah, I went ultra. Yeah, my game titles were all on 100. <laughs> yes, yes. Everything yes. that I shot and everything I mean, that I did. Driving, posting, shooting threes. threes I was shooting threes like you. Uh, you were. I mean, even deep ones <laughs> too. Missing. Deep ones. I wasn't missing, man. It was just that feeling that I got that uh, it's time to, uh, to take the team to the next level. So it was crazy. Take me back to that conversation with you and Nike. And they said, you know what? Penny, you kind of laid back. You kind of shy a little bit. We're going to give you a little penny, dog. We're going to introduce you to Chris Rock, and y'all going to become a family. Take me through that. Actually, I thought that was genius because I wasn't a talker. Right. I was a quiet, kind of a silent assassin. I kind of knew that I could play, but I wasn't going to brag about it. Mm -hmm. And to bring little Penny in there to do all the talking was genius, man. I remember that meeting, and I, I, I loved it right away. I loved the idea, like, instantaneously. Like, okay, let's do it. Let's get it done. And it, it hit bigger than oh. I thought it was ever going to hit. Oh, Bigger, the shoes, the phone posits. Do you ever step back and say, 25 years later, my shoe is still the hottest shoe out there? Man, is that, that's crazy. You're from the D.C. area, so yes. you know D.C. Know. really messes with me. So yes. what's up to D.C.? But yes. no, the, the phone posit, when it first came about, I was like, this shoe was crazy. Mm -hmm. Like space age kind of, yeah. you know. I rocked it and it was like, I'll never forget this shoe, but never knew 25 years later that the shoe would be relevant in one of the hottest shoes, if not the hottest shoe on the market during certain years. We as athletes, we do it, we can't help it. Do you ever step back and say, if I never, this knee never would have went out on me, who knows what I could have done? No doubt about it. The sky would have been the limit, man. Definitely Hall of Fame. Don't know how many championships I would have had, how many MVPs I would have won. Definitely would have won one, for sure. Right. Because I was, I, I was in a groove. Right. And when the injury started happening, like you said, man, I don't know where I was when in the Miami series, my knees started hurting. When your yeah. knees started hurting, man, yeah. with the athleticism and the speed, it took that away from me. Mm -hmm. And now I'm not the same player, so. It just made me easier to guard and not as explosive and not as dominant. And that just kind of evened the playing field for the rest of the league because I was so dominant when I was healthy. What part throughout your career you knew you wanted to be a coach? You know what? I never thought about coaching. Mm. I never, ever thought about coaching, even though the point guard is like an extension of the right. coach right. on the floor. I never really thought about coaching. I, I started thinking about it when my friend asked me to help him right. coach middle school. Mm -hmm. You know, he had a diagnosed with colon cancer. That's right. And not until then did I ever think about coaching. Really? So that got you where you are now? Yep. In, the big, in this big, beautiful $23 million practice facility. It's crazy. Wow. From coaching middle school, going to high school, and then AAU, and then now to this. So your goal now is one year, two years, three years, for when this, this school is saying they're fighting for a Final Four run? You know, I, I don't know how many years it's going to be, but it's championship or bust every year that I'm here. I mean, that's just where I am. That's the mental, that's the space that I'm in right now. That's, um, that's just being a competitor. Mm -hmm. You know, I know everyone say, hey, take it easy. Um, things are going to happen slowly. But to me, I'm coming in championship or bust every year. That's what I'm holding my, myself uh, accountable for and holding my stand, the standards uh, for my staff and for the players. We have to think that. We have right. to think greatness, you know, every single day that we're here. Do you have one or two fond memories of Orlando that you always think about? I just, re I just remember how much fun we had on the planes, mm -hmm. how much fun we had on the road. Mm -hmm. You know, it was, uh, we had a, a very talented team off the court. Mm -hmm. You and Shaq with the rapping, mm -hmm. B. Shaw, yep. uh, being funny. It was just, I really, just those are the memories that I remember just 
that and driving to the arena on game day. Just never forget just, you know, just driving to the arena, getting ready for those games. Man, I miss those days. When you drive to the arena, we go down Paramore and you start seeing the fans. That never, it never got old, did it? It never got old, man. Just because we were so young. Right. You know, we were really enjoying. We were like rock stars. Mm-hmm. Wherever we went on the road, the fans were there to meet us at the hotels, no matter what time, because of me and Shaq, because of our team. Man, when I think about it, and they talk about teams that never won championships that were really good, they have to put us in there. Even though we got swept and we only went there one time, Mm -hmm. that team has to go down in history as one of the better teams that didn't win a championship. Mm